Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one-of-a-kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. We are back once again on Wonderfully Weird Living. I am John Waters, your host. Joining me here in the studio once again, author, pastor, speaker, uh, pretty good guy too, Drake Hunter. Hello there, sir. Hello, hello, and happy, is it Cinco de Mayo? It is. As we record this, it's May the 5th, so it is Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Uh, So happy Cinco de Mayo. It feels good. Yeah. And, of course, Mother's Day coming up this Sunday. We also want to talk about that just a brief moment, Um, you know, how important mom is. Yeah, and especially where we're at. We're so excited uh, because I'll let you announce it here in a second. But the direction that we're going, where we're going to be on Mother's Day, just a few days from now. So I'm extremely excited for so many different reasons. But, yeah, uh, mom. Uh, it's uh, you know it's it's a time to celebrate mom I should say absolutely <laughs> well and and as you mentioned uh, elevating life church where you're the senior pastor uh, we are doing drive-in church uh, That's right. this Sunday I know other churches have already been doing this we've uh, now gotten everything in place to where we're able to do that with an FM transmitter and all that sort of thing and uh, something new and exciting for us that we're really really looking forward to yeah it's gonna be different for me I don't think I've ever uh, you know preach from a, a platform uh, what is it going to be a flatbed truck coming in and, and you know into a, like a drive-in situation that should be interesting I love I used to love that experience when I was a kid the drive-in theater Absolutely. kind of experience so yep. that should be fun because I did that's one memory I do have with my mom of course my mom's still with us but uh, as a young child going to the drive-in and I remember the first movie uh, John ever uh, saw in, in the drive-in it was uh, uh, what was that old cowboy I, th- I had it on the tip of my my tongue and I just lost it. I lost it. It was Gene. Uh, let's see, Gene Wilder. Oh, um, yes, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. That's mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah, and that that one scene around the campfire. I don't have to explain <laughs> it. Uh, to this day, that's one of the funniest, most uh, appreciated scene I, I scenes I, I have in my own memory when it comes to uh, movies, but also with my mom because we used to go often uh, to those uh, drive-in theaters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something lost that uh, I wish we would get back the yes. drive-in theaters. That's but right. Anyway, we're going to have that experience this Sunday. So uh, if you're in the Fort Morgan, Colorado area and you don't have another place to uh, go, come join us. We would love to have you. Well, this week we want to talk about communication. Wow, what a topic. And I mean, this is a topic that could fill volumes and volumes and (laughs) volumes. And we could do every podcast on communication. And in some ways we do. I mean, that's always a part of it. But we want to narrow it down a little bit to um, effective communication. And so uh, there are three aspects of that that you have identified to me uh, that I thought we would use as our talking points, if you will, for today. And I want to throw those out there first, and then we're going to turn it over and and start uh, digging into each one of those. But the first element of effective communication, both got what they wanted, a moment of healthy emotional connection a tangible result in that. Number two, 
both have been understood from each of their own point of view and can communicate it back to the other, proving that understanding. And then the third element of effective communication, uh, the other person that you're communicating with seems fine with the exchange. Yes. Okay. So those are the elements. Uh, again, volumes could be written on each one of those, but we're going to try to narrow them down a little bit. But so let's talk about effective communication from a healthy standpoint and, and where both people can walk away from that exchange feeling like not only have they been heard, but we have some sort of an agreement now. Well, with my responsibilities as a preacher, of course, father and all that, but we'll, we'll stay in the context of church and my responsibilities as a preacher. When I'm putting together a message, these are the three uh, elements of communication I try to hit every every message because I want to make sure that the message that I'm responsible for is effective. And of course, as you're reading through each one of these and, and you just kind of put together the little pieces, there's not much there. There's just three expectations or three effective pieces to our communication. You can understand, yeah, yeah simply, basically, it's, it's not that difficult to understand. Uh, so we have three three uh let's say you just revealed these three expectations if you will or Elements. ways to commu- yeah. I, look at me i'm, I'm stuttering i i have no, i can't com- maybe this is planned but i don't know no so yeah it's about effective communication isn't it john we have to have effective communication or we're just we're just spinning our wheels Okay, so let's kind of take it out to the 30,000 foot view here a little bit when it comes to effective communication. And it seems to me like in order to uh, even be in the ballpark of effective communication, first of all, I have to have a pretty good idea who I am. And I also have to have at least a decent idea of who you are. Yes. And, and that's exactly the, the verse we used on Sunday with that message, failure to communicate, which we took that uh, phrase out of Cool Hand Luke. And of course, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Hey, John, I'm going to ask you to do that because you did it so well on Sunday. Can you, can you, can you repeat that phase as, as, in, as it's said in Cool Hand Luke? Yeah, and I actually watched it again yesterday, and I was doing it a little bit wrong. Okay. But he says, what we got here is failure to communicate. Yes, and, and, and that's exactly right. So the verse we used, you know, uh, here's Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, right, verse 22, where he says, I become all things to all people. Uh, very familiar verse by the Christians, but he understood that that person across from us was different than, than he was. Uh, not only in their design, but also in their makeup in the sense of uh, what they've been taught through their conditioning, through their different relationships, and also through their experiences both good and bad he was very aware of who was in front of him and he knew how to listen well when you can listen and you can really uh let's say encode the information that's coming in is that the right term Mm -hmm. decode decode excuse Mm -hmm. me the encode is going out the decode coming in and so with that he listened but when you listen then you can give a message back that the person can understand equally, hopefully, where that we both got what we want. A moment of healthy 
emotional connection because isn't that what togetherness is all about i preach often you know what what are the different elements of togetherness or bonding well one is paying attention together number two is understanding together Mm -hmm. number three is feeling together shared feelings and number four is that rhythm that we need so togetherness so yes it's so important to understand who's in front of you and then you can you then can become uh, weak, if you will, to, uh, well, I'm, I'm messing that up. I become weak to those who are weak. Right. Uh, or maybe you, you don't have all of the elements that, uh, you know, is, <laughs> that, that you don't have or have or whatever I'm trying to say there with this well, ironic uh, <laughs> podcast or <laughs> podcast with having communication a yeah. To communicate. yeah um well and really I think it's in my head it's getting in my head here <laughs> and, and really that's what your book wonderfully weird yes. really is all about is that becoming all things to all people but in order to do that you have to understand who they are yes um, first, you have to understand who you are, then understand who they are, uh, not only, uh, as you said, from the way God has created them, but also what is their history? What's yeah. their background? What's their family script? What's their experience? And all of that goes into the mix then to make the stew that is the yeah. other person. And appreciating who they are with all that, all of that together in the sense of Truly, um, their experience, why they why they're in front of you in the first place. Well, and like you and I, I mean, we're uh, we're on the same page for the most part, but uh, you have different experiences. You grew up in California. Yes. I grew up in Nebraska. Yeah. You were in the military. I was not. We have different experiences, uh, so I have to then. Um, Put, a, put aside my experience when you're talking and listen to it from right. your point of view, not with the glasses that I would wear from my perspective, but f- trying to wear the glasses you yeah. would wear. I put it this way, to respect the differences. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes uh, we misunderstand it. Don't we fight over um, the differences? Uh, there's three Ds of the devil. Uh, the way I explain it is you got the differences, disagreements, and disorder. But it's those this, uh, it's it's those differences that that really can cause a lot of issues when we don't respect one another or understand one another in the sense of exactly what you shared in the teachings and all of that relationships and experience, but as well the differences when it comes to who you are and how God designed you, because for instance you know you in the sense of the Myers Briggs symbols. NT. I'm an NF. In my book, you're the eagle. I'm the man symbol, if you will, mm-hmm. in the sense of Ezekiel and Revelation and what the Bible uh, shares with, with regards to temperament or that image, that greatness of God that sits in the foundation of who you are. And when we don't understand that, differences, uh, things then divide. Then we live in conflict rather than in contrast, which when we're in contrast, we're not compromising, we're having good communication where uh, rather than being in conflict, we are bringing that together and we can agree one way or the other, as we were talking about yesterday, where uh, you can be in agreement, but oftentimes disagreement, and you're both okay with it. Right. That, that's that third piece there that you shared. Uh, so that's that's the challenge, isn't it? Because Jesus did come so that we would be in agreement both outside of the church and inside of the church. He, he came for the, the entire world. He, he died for the entire world for that reason. 
Well, another uh, important aspect of communication that you brought out in your message on Sunday, grace and truth. Yes. Those two things together make uh, help make effective communication. If you're stuck on one side or the other, then it's a barrier. Yes. And it, uh, to be honest, isn't that the, uh, the, the, the most fundamentalist? Uh, fundamentalist <laughs> fundamental aspect of communication we need to understand because when we understand grace and truth and how they work together to bring into one focus then we have uh, that in contrast and then we can get into our purpose through the grace and truth working together rather than what we see uh, often in our society in our churches is uh, we we we've created a dichotomy where you have grace on one side uh, or you have truth on the other side. They're not coming together. They're just going to sit in isolation. And then they become their own little fellowships, let's say. And then with that, they become closed off. And as we know, in even in uh, so the science today, anything that's closed off in itself is going to die. Mm -hmm. uh, and so grace and truth must work together. And we see this with uh, with. Jesus, of course, in John, First uh, John, one fourteen, uh, very familiar verse. That you know, the flesh or the Word became flesh, and He was full of grace and truth all the time. Right. And, and so, yes, uh, my biggest concern, John. Let me let me throw something. Just came something came to mind. My biggest concern is if somebody would walk into the human experience. Let's put it this way. Let me give you a little story. Let's say you and I go back to 1992. We're both investigators in uh, the Air Force. We're okay. working in the uh, Air Force of Office of Special Investigation, and we have a responsibility, and we're going to go and we're going to investigate, let's say, the world to find out who the true God is of this world. Now, if we went out there and we we examine, we really, uh, you know, really got into it and put our notes together, you would see in the sense of the world's way of understanding God or religion, you'd see not one God, but two gods. You would have uh, on one side a God of grace, and on the other a God of truth. And they're completely divided. So when we're like that, we're not one, we have two gods. And when we have two gods, it's no different than what we see in the scripture and, 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 and the uh, Greek and the Greek, yeah, all the folks in the scripture there where they have all their different gods and stuff. And we don't have two gods. We only have one God. And they must come together in that grace, in that truth, where together we can truly have activity where they come together, where we're focused, we have direction, we're aligning ourselves with those boundaries, where we're truly doing something in our faith for the Lord. So going back to that that story, you would really see that. And, and it's kind of a challenge because it's, it's a mentality that we have to – uh, resolve if we're going to come together. It's not about being fundamentalist. It's not about uh, being, you know, so uh, liberal or or charismatic, or charismatic, or yeah. you know, it's it's about figuring it out together uh, through effective communication, where we can truly figure it out, where we can live together, and that we can live in, in the fulfillment and satisfaction of how God designed life to be. That's that's the whole goal, and so we have to figure out this. Uh, there's grace and truth. Otherwise, we're going to be divided, and we're always going to be in conflict rather than in contrast, and we'll never, ever find the purpose, the purpose of what, 
the overall general purpose, but also the specific purpose that we find through our own personal relationship as well. Uh, so uh, it's it's a challenge, and of course I brought that out with the two sides of grace and truth with the prodigal son story out of Luke 15, mm-hmm. where we have not one prodigal son, we have two prodigal sons in that particular parable, that story that, that Jesus shared, and the lesson is grace, truth. It's not about the two prodigal sons, it's actually about the prodigal God that Timothy Keller shares in his book titled The Prodigal God. It's brilliant. Uh, By the way, one of us was a special investigator in the Air Force in 1992. (laughs) One of us was not. I was not. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there so that folks understood that. My, I was an assistant investigator, yeah, whatever that title was. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, when it comes to communication, I think most of us spend – I put myself squarely in this, in this uh, uh, pot over here uh, – spend more time with the conversation going in our head – about what I'm going to say next rather than actually listening and hearing what the other person is saying. Oh, and that's typical, isn't it? Uh, How do we tune out those voices, Uh, the semantic noise that's in your head, we'll say psychological noise, not only your head but the other person's head, Mm -hmm. and truly listen? Because you also have another noise, uh, physical noise going on as well. And so to listen is having the ability to get the noise reduced or out of there the best you can so that you can truly listen through the different channels of information that's coming uh, to you or, or traveling back and forth in the sense of the receiver and the, uh, and the messenger and, or excuse me, the message and the receiver and all that, everything that goes with that. I, think, I believe it's called the, the inter uh, let's see, the interchangeable uh, model, whatever that is out there. It's been a while since I've really looked at that. But there's different models. But uh, that noise, boy, noise, another word for noise. Can I, can I give mm-hmm. uh, the devil? Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Chaos. a lot of, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, that would be one of the, another branch of, but that noise where you have the physical noise, psychological noise, and semantic noise, let's say. Semantic noise is just speaking over somebody, uh, you know, the one up, one down mentality mm-hmm. with our language. And people are like, um, I don't know what you just said, man. <laughs> Well, and you use the word there, uh, inter, and let's go that direction a little bit because there are two different uh, uh, conversations going on quite often. There's the intra-communication that's going on, the conversation I'm having with myself, Mm -hmm. yes, as well as the inter-communication that's going on, which is the conversation I'm having with you. Yes. And unfortunately, both of them are going quite often at the same time. And then it becomes, which of those conversations am I going to pay attention to and put effort into? Right, and depending on the circumstances and situation, because uh, sometimes you just need to go and park yourself in a very uh, independent place, if you will, like we see Jesus do in the garden, and have that that, that intra-personal um, communication with, with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the challenge, isn't it? Because when we're by ourselves and we're communicating, we're communicating all the time if we're awake, 
uh, we're communicating, uh, we say with ourselves, but that's actually communicating with God. That's why we have to get the commands of Christ into our memory, into our heart, because then as we're having this communication uh, with the voices in our head, then we have a point uh, of reference that we can discern and say, okay, which, direct, which direction should I go and what voice am I going to pay attention to? Or if you're a Christian, first and foremost, your perspective uh, sits uh, established in the sense of God the Father, but when it comes to problem solving, this is where those 49 commands come in and say, okay, I need to resolve some things and let me uh, work this out in my own thought. Now, with that though, uh, transitioning to the intercommunication where you and I are communicating, uh, those commands now sit in your heart and now you can kind of Step away. You don't have to wait for that moment to say what you want because you're going to listen. And when you say something and I can help and you give me permission, that triggers that command that's in that in my heart. Then I can offer a service to you or provide, uh, you know, my ministry to you. Going, hey, let me help you out here in the sense of whatever uh, resolve that you might need through those commands or through those experience that we see through the the stories and the and the you know the uh, parables and all that. Well, and that comes back to something we talked a little bit about last week here on the podcast, where Jesus was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, and he didn't answer from his own perspective. He answered from the Father's perspective and said, this is, you know, from Scripture, the Father's right. word. Yeah. This is Principle. how I answer that. Yeah. And that's what we would do then with the commands yeah. of Christ. Yeah, he answered with truth rather than we can compare it to grace, even though he's graceful with it. But it came down to the principles, the commands of the Father, the plan, or the purpose. And that is truth. That is God's reality. And he plants himself uh, in, in that particular experience, in all of his experience, of course, with the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth of God. And that's how you make decisions versus, let's say, grace, which are, is more about compassion. It, uh, it's about emotions, as we've been talking about, effective communication. Uh, and bringing both the, the symbol, the word itself, or should I say the vessel, the word itself, and then uh, putting tone behind that in the sense of care and compassion and, and love, bringing those together is is the is truly the uh, the goal, if you will. Because I want to communicate principles, but with a loving tone, uh, in the sense that I truly care. It's not all about what I want because I can go just the opposite. It's all about me, and I'm going to give you a tone that's very contemptuous, mean unkind and you can have all the truth you want but that tonality or those nonverbals turn turn it upside down and now it becomes false it's no longer true it's not god's reality because he will, wants both grace and truth that's where i was trying to get to <laughs> well it, and that takes me to a place uh where something i have a pet peeve about and that is the lack of the ability to effectively communicate over um text messages, oh, yes. um, personal messages on Facebook, things like that. Because yes, you're sending the words or the truth, Yes, but there's no grace with it because there's no tonality, yeah. there's no facial expressions or uh, body language to go with it. So if you're sending that to me, now I have to put my own tonality to it and my own, and my experiences are different. My, <laughs> uh, the way I've been created is different. So it's going to be different than what you would have put. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, as we know, words 
basically provide about 6% of communication. Mm-hmm. We know that at this point, science. Where everything else, tonality, nonverbal, uh, gives us the rest of that picture. And when we're texting, now you can be creative. So I, I, do, I do appreciate the emojis that, right. that are there because that emoji is emote, emotions that help with that um, healthy emotional connection. At least set a general direction. Yeah, yeah, some tone with it. But at the same time, you're absolutely right where uh, we become so direct uh, and, and we can give truth. But when you, let's say in an immature state, your voices, your relationships, your experiences are just just whatever they are in the sense of being toxic, you're going to receive that word and you're going to interpret it with your biases. And so what happens is you receive that and you're like, well, what do they mean? Well, not what the voices in your head are probably telling you. And so it's, it's so we have to stay neutral oftentimes with those those texts. You notice, John, I say very little with text. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like text. Right. Uh, well, I do like it for for what it is, but at the same time, it's like it's I'm going to be having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just to get a quick point across and 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 done. And uh, not saying you could be very creative, and if you are a good writer and you know how to put those words in place, to, just like a message. Uh, but very few uh, even think that way. Well, and even just hearing the other person's voice, yes, you oh, get yes. more of it. For example, this I just thought about this. Uh, those who are listening to this podcast right now, um, they're hearing what you're saying. They're getting some of the emotion attached to it and all that. But yet they're not able to see you, to see your facial expressions, your body language, like I am right now looking across at you. Yes. So I'm actually receiving more of your message than they are. Uh, than those who are just listening to the podcast because there are those added elements. Yes, and let's go one step further. Even with our Facebook Live, how many people, uh, you know, they experience experience us on Facebook, then they come to the service going, oh, it was good on Facebook. But my goodness, Mm -hmm. when you're in it, when you're the whole environment is that effectiveness that we go after with every service, they're like, wow, this is a whole different experience yes because uh you have uh some elements missing when it's just even going over facebook that's you know people that well i get what i need from those tv evangelists okay uh very (laughs) two-dimensional yes and 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 very isolated and very uh you know set apart and it's it's an easy thing to do as well but you know what's better life mm-hmm. reality Absolutely. being real <laughs> well and that's been one of my struggles right now during this pandemic where we have had to practice social distancing and of course uh, meetings that normally uh, we would have had with folks live we've been having to do over zoom which is fine for what it is but yet uh, it's not the same as actually being in the room face to face with that other That's individual right. or group of people. And one of the reasons I'm excited to be doing the service at church in the parking lot, we're getting closer to getting back to that normal, uh, you know, element of who we are in the sense of our worship and just being together. Because uh, you know we go after understanding togetherness and influence, and we want to do that uh, in, in the best situation. And of course, we know together face to face is the best. It's mm-hmm. just absolutely uh, wonderful. I want to back up just a little bit here. Uh, I've taken us down a lot of rabbit trails, but um, and I want to get back to grace and truth. And on Sunday in your message, you used um, an adage or a, a, of 
uh, spiritual glasses, yes. the lenses in spiritual glasses. Now, I was hoping that maybe you'd take a few moments and kind of walk us through that and what you said on Sunday. When we're thinking of who we are and how we see things, uh, I, I encourage people to use the practical glasses that you and I are wearing right mm -hmm. now in the sense of prescription glasses because I think a lot of people fail to realize that grace and truth are two different lenses. Just like our practical glasses, there's two different lenses, and yes, they are independent in themselves, but they're not isolated. Uh, and yes, we can truly define and put boundaries around each in the description and, and what both are, but uh, reality says this, of course, just like our practical glasses, we have one lens that is grace, one is truth, and then, of course, when we put those on, we get that, that clear focus in one shot. It's no longer two separate, uh, two separate uh, entities within the, within themse or in themselves, but they come together and they work, and we, we then can see clearly where we're going. Well, the same with the spiritual glasses. Now, the, the cool part is, uh, which I thought the fascinating part was, just like with the human eye, we have to ask ourselves, which one is dominant? Mm -hmm. And we know with no exceptions that all Christians, your spiritual eye now, that's where we step into God's kingdom, our spiritual eye that is dominant is grace. But notice, it's not the only one. In mm -hmm. in Jesus, and I'm going to paraphrase here, hopefully in a good way. Jesus said, "You don't need law or that truth." In the sense of when you put grace as the dominant uh, element in your life, because then what happens when you truly are doing the best for you, for yourself, for the kingdom, and you are doing it with compassion, love, and grace, that truth is going to fall into place. It's not that it's not there. It's just going to fall into place. So, for instance, going back to the uh, inter type of communication, I think of interstate here. When I'm traveling, uh, let's say down 76 that sits right next to us here, and I have to travel 75 miles per hour, I'm not doing that because it's the law or I'm doing it because I don't want a ticket. That would be the truth side, if you will, mm -hmm. or... Uh, if we're leaning too heavy on one side, I'm doing it because somebody, we came to an agreement that 75 miles per hour on this interstate is the best speed to travel together so we can get to our destination safely. And it's that, that acceptance, that safety factor, and that togetherness that is grace. And then, of course, you still have the law there, though, but it's mm -hmm. the best thing to do. And uh, yes, we can criticize. Yes, we can complain. However, uh, the whole point is seeing grace or allowing grace to be the dominant lens in, in the spiritual glasses that we wear with truth right there with it. Uh, but whatever you focus on will magnify. And as you're moving forward, you're setting grace and truth where it belongs. You'll, you'll end up uh, in a very uh, satisfying and pleasing place, not only with God, but with yourself and others. Great Living right rather than being right. That's right. Uh, that's exactly right. And so many people are, are trying to be right when we just need to live right. And so, you know, I didn't get this into my message. Maybe this is uh, a good point as well when it comes to grace and truth. Uh, whoever's listening, I would encourage you to perhaps get in this habit. I, I started this 
uh, years ago where every morning I'm asking myself, you know, am I living to be right or if am I living right? And the way I've done this is I ask myself or, you know, or I can ask somebody else this question, you know. Let me, let me, <laughs> good night, I'm messing this whole thing up. Let me bring that around. L- l- let me give you something here that you can do with a friend rather okay. than yourself. Okay. I was going to go there, but let me make a, l- let me go in do a otherwise. Left turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me do that because this is the best way to understand grace and truth. I believe in the sense of being right and, and uh, rather than, uh, my goodness, John, I think <laughs> we're, we're, can we start this all over again? <laughs> So what I'm trying to say is uh, this is what you need to do daily. Get with somebody. John, if I asked you this, uh, if I gave you a baseball bat okay, or whatever, and I asked you to bash me in the face with it, well, I, I would hope you would say no. Yeah, no. Well, your answer or the intent behind that no would tell me if you're living in grace or if you're leaning towards uh, being right. Because you can answer that question. Well, I, I would ask you, why, are you, why won't you bash me in the I, face? Because I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. So is that grace or is that truth? Uh, that's grace. That's going to be grace. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, you can answer this. Well, I'm not going to do it because it's not right. Right. Right? Uh, or it's, it's wrong. Uh, Let's put it in a more radical. How about if I asked you, you know, the reason um, this is going to be radical. Okay. The reason I'm not going to sleep with your wife, John, is because it's wrong. Yeah. It's not right in society. No, that's radical, right? Mm-hmm. The reason I'm never even going to think about it, it was radical because I just, you're not going to think that way because it's absolutely going to hurt you. It's going to hurt the family. It's going to – It's yes, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But the more deeper issue is I love you way too much. I love uh, what we're all about way too much to cause that hurt uh, and, and feed my own selfish desires, whatever that is. I know that was radical, but hopefully it but, was effective. And you hit on something <laughs> there that, that – you know, truth is is surface. Yeah. Now let's dig down below that to the yeah. grace. You have right and wrong. I get, but mm-hmm. really, you're. You, I'm just living because I don't want to get that ticket. Mm-hmm. I'm just living because of you know the consequences, and that's so immature. Uh, we got to grow up and really understand that uh, grace comes from from the heart. It comes from the deepest aspect, and we. Don't want to hurt you or ourselves or even the kingdom. So what do we do? We do the very best thing that we can do under that grace with the truth following in place. And when you live that way, I think about you, John, before all my selfish desires and stuff. Think about it. You don't need any. You don't need law. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying. Yep. He came to fulfill the law. Yeah. 
Well, um, we've used up every bit of time that we have here today, plus some. We've borrowed some from yeah. somewhere down the road. But Let me come back so we're effective. Let me right. read those questions, or the effective communication. Let's make sure we're mm-hmm. clear here so we're, we're, yep. we're not going <laughs> to go in the wrong direction. So we both got what we want. The or both there is the goal, where we both uh, have healthy experiences and, and emotions, if you will, where we're connecting in a tangible way, can I put it that way, with tangible results. Uh, because we made a deal or we had some type of exchange. Number two, uh, we've been understood from our point of view. We're listening to one another, one another and you can uh, communicate it back to the other person. This mm-hmm. is that feedback and the accountability piece we talk about all the time. And number three, the other person seems fine with the exchange. Uh, there's no indication, let's say, of uncertainty or anger on the other person's part. In fact, if you asked, uh, they would say they got what they wanted to. Mm-hmm. That's effective Coming communication. One. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that we've been kind of implying here and doing a little bit is, well, good information is relevant, is truthful, and it's clear. There's been points in this communication today that that wasn't the intent. That wasn't the facts. So just to put this all together to say, okay, you can see how important those three effective points are in the sense of communication, but it also has to be relevant, truthful, and clear if we're going to truly be good communicators because it all comes together. And so I, I think we did mention, too, beware of the um, the three Ds mm-hmm. I implied there. I actually said uh, the three Ds is differences, disagreement, and disorder. Right. Uh, don't allow that noise to come into your experience and uh, really destroy communication because that's all it is, the devil coming in. And as we experienced two weeks ago, noise. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we live in an ADD, ADHD world, and the devil is doing his job well with that noise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The voice is in the head, as we talked about last week. So, well, uh, that's going to be all for today. We will leave some things for you to think about and in the uh, along with the podcast here in your favorite players. So make sure you uh, look at those and uh, challenge yourself to more effectively communicate with yourself, with God, and with others. With being the key term there. So. Well, and I hope people had fun. We had, we were playing around here a little bit. So thank you for being with us. All right. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. And uh, join us again next week right here on the same bat time, same bat channel for Wonderfully Weird Living. Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.